You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to the room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 350, we're discussing the Flash trailer, DCU's Batman, and the latest Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. And I'm Carlos. Man, landmark episode with a landmark subject. That's pretty cool. Right? Man, the Flash trailer marking our 350th episode of The Nerd Room. I didn't realize that until I did a brief write-up of the outline. And I was like, oh man, 350, what a beautiful intersection of things with this giant, unprecedented almost, Flash trailer. This thing blew my brain apart. And man, I am certain it did the same to you. And we're going to get into all of that very momentarily. We're also going to talk about the DCU's Batman that cascades quite nicely out of this flash trail and a question that was chucked online through a quote-unquote scooper that was then uh, turned away by one James Gunn. And James Gunn, let's talk about James Gunn here, Carlos. He is the Super Bowl MVP, in my opinion, with the DCU gaining momentum by the minute it seems this huge flash trailer that he was out there promoting alongside of his director, Andy Muschietti, as well as the final, I believe, or close to final full-length Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer all dropping and all happening simultaneously here. This man is the busiest man in Hollywood, but seems to be handling the pressure quite well. And that's why I'm labeling him the Super Bowl MVP. Man, we're going to jump right into it. This is going to be quite a trailer-centric episode talking about everything that happened in around the Super Bowl because this is consistently in every year, really, that we've been doing this podcast, kind of speaking of this you know, 350 episode mark. Every year we talk about these Super Bowl trailers because we get a little bit more as time goes on and they use this as kind of a real marking point for promoting some of these bigger things. We saw things like another Transformers trailer, Mando Season 3 trailer, even a Fast X trailer. Maybe we'll touch on that a little later on in the episode that kind of drops in around this time. So it's usually a great hub for content dropping and kind of projecting us at least into the first half of the year and this being 2023, the year of The Flash Man, I tell you, I can't wait to talk about this, but we're going to take a brief stop over in the MCU first with the, I guess I'm calling it the final, but it might not be, but another big Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer. You know, as James Gunn's over here building up the DCU, he's still promoting and really getting the momentum behind Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which comes out this May. Um, This kind of finality, this final iteration of this team and James Gunn's last work being done at least for the foreseeable future here in marvel studios but this trailer it was pretty much the same for all intents and purposes as what we got before i think a little less emotional i don't think the soundtrack worked as well but it did give us some more insight into what looks to be one of the main focal points of the story which is a high evolutionary of course as being the main villain but also rocket raccoon Uh, he seems to be a bit more of the focal point of this than he has previously been uh, which I'm kind of digging, something a little different. We got a good look at Adam Warlock here, and it just it looks like it's going to be a pretty wild ride, and I'm pretty pumped about this one still. Of course, of course I am, but this uh, it didn't move the needle too much for me, this trailer, but it, it did the right things, and I think it got the momentum. Uh, it built, continued to build the momentum, I should say, uh, behind this film. Yeah, no, I I dug this trailer. To be honest, Like I, I have a fondness for the high evolutionary just... When I was a kid, I remember like traveling up to Edmonton and having like buying a pile of the comics featuring that character and uh, trying to piece together what the heck was going on with the books that you had and the books that you never own kind of thing. And it's just like (laughs) filling in the gaps in your head as to what was happening. But I I really like the way um, the the actor is conveying the high evolutionary. I love the look of them and Mm -hmm. the way that they had kind of the the skin mask the back of it kind of aping the the look of the high evolutionary's head from his original um art and whatnot but uh yeah it was cool and i as you were talking through that i kind of and how rocket is a bit of a focal point in this movie it made me realize that like all of the guardians movies and in fact all of their appearances you kind of have one of the members of that team one or two of them 
that mm-hmm. tie back to the main villain all the time, right? So you have Gamora and Drax with the first movie, and they're your POV sharing their history with um, Thanos and uh, Ronan. Ronan. And yeah. then, yeah, yeah, the second one is Peter with his dad. And then, yeah, this one will be Rocket. And I'm assuming the high evolutionary is what turned uh, an innocent raccoon into the the scourge of the skyways known as Rocket. So, yes, yes. And he might even have links or ties to Groot to Planet X, maybe potentially kind of working into that as well. Um, it'll be quite interesting to see what they do with that character. But yeah, that's I think it's cool that they've kind of gone through this and and kind of given us this this promise of a very emotional send off to the, this iteration of the team. I will say the Guardians franchise isn't ending. Um, you know, Marvel's going to keep that going in some capacity, but it's going to look different the same way Avengers films will look different going forward, too. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they had like the shot of it was Nebula carrying Peter out mm-hmm. and he looks like he's down and out like because it's in the trailer. It's got to be a misdirect, I imagine. But oh, 100 percent. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm curious to see where they take things. And um, the whole movie seems a lot smaller and more intimate than the previous Guardians films, which is actually mm. probably a good thing to be honest um, for my sensibilities yeah. at least. So yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it and I kind of like that. It looks to be less spectacle and a little bit more kind of character drama. And, and I, lo- <laughs> I loved some of the interplay between Peter and this <laughs> variant of Gamora, who's not the Gamora that he knows and kind of building on his relationship with Nebula a bit and whatnot. So yeah, it was good. I, I like yeah. this one. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting because that that was another piece that we didn't see too much of in the previous trailer was that relationship between Gamora and and Peter because Gamora wasn't with him, of course, in Thor Love and Thunder. So they pick her up along the way. And like you said, she's a variant coming out of Endgame. And I don't know if James Gunn wrote that that way or if that was something that was retconned back after he's rehired uh, back into the MCU fold. But the thing I do like about it is that that relationship was running dangerously close to becoming stale and like what do we do with these two characters do they fall in love do they get married do they do this by bringing in a variant they create kind of this nice new little rift between them and gives them something else to do inside of that where they're not kind of all because by the time they got to like infinity war and all that they're quite quite close quite lovey-dovey and it's how do you break that cycle without you know tearing the relationship apart in front of all the fans of it and all this type of thing and so i think it's a great way to satisfy both story growth and kind of still giving that fan service of of not having to actively like break these two up inside of a film and all that so i I, i'm constantly conscious of that uh that concept of when you have a relationship whether it be two between two characters whether it's romantic or not you do run a, a risk of just treading the same ground and these characters having nothing to do because there's an expectation and they've taken that away in here and i think that's a, a cool story move for them to to do something different yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd be curious as well to know if um, he just had to pick up the ball where it lay, or if he had other plans, type of thing. But you know, at, at least Gamora, much like Black Widow, like they had some pretty important send offs um, mm-hmm. within the the last two Avengers movies. So, um, yeah, if um, if he's forced to kind of play that hand, at least. Uh, at least it's coming off of a bit of worthwhile mm-hmm. uh, storytelling in the Avengers movies. Yeah, of course. Exactly. And as as the MCU begins to blossom here inside of what, fingers crossed, is getting to, towards springtime here in Calgary, uh, the first thing that we're actually going to see is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Now, I should say, sorry, the first thing I'm going to see <laughs> is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania <laughs> because it does drop this weekend and, and Carlos is, I would say, a little indifferent about it. <laughs> yeah. So he's already maybe potentially put his notice in for, for passing next week's on uh, next week's review. But uh, the reviews have dropped, Carlos. Oh, okay. And and guess what? They are about the same as you would expect for every MCU movie. I, I have some I had no idea they came out, but I could almost <laughs> like, oh, best, best. Take, take a guess. Take a guess what MCU it is. Best MCU movie yet. Changes changes the game. Uh, mind-blowing mid credit scene you aren't ready for. Emotional. Nailed it. Yeah. Did you Have you seen 
<laughs> no, I, I had no idea just, that the embargo like lifted. I have to be honest, like I haven't even been able to make it through the second trailer or whatever. Like um, yeah. Bill Murray showed well, up and I turned out. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, see you later. <laughs> no, it does look like it, it's funny that you say all those words were words that are contained in some of the reviews about it being a spectacle. And you missed the one, the one major one that you probably if you thought about it a little more, if I gave you time to think about it, the was Kang Jonathan is the Majors. Thanos. Yes. Yep. Here yes. We go. Kang yep. is the new king of the MCU, and Jonathan Majors absolutely kills it in the role. I'm sure you would have come up with that one if I had uh, given you a little bit more time. But that is is generally, this is the hard, hardest part about MCU reviews. And, and I think it speaks to a little bit about the value of them going into a movie. It, they're... Some of them are like, this is the best thing ever. This is kicks off phase five in the right way. And other people are like, yeah, it's kind of clunky. It does this, it does that. And it kind of bites off a little bit more than it can chew. And Jonathan Majors is great. This is the best Ant-Man. You get all those kind of generic kind of brain dumps from, from these reviewers. Not a lot of substance there, which is okay. Which it kind of, the reason I, I do kind of like that is that I'm kind of walking in with just, blank slate i haven't been told or i don't believe anything that comes out of out of the mc reviews because i've seen stuff that's like glowing and i'm kind of like yeah not for, not as much for me and i've seen stuff that they didn't like i was like wow this is amazing and so it's going to be interesting to see how this delivers my my guess is that it's uh it's it's quite wacky i think is kind of another thing that was put out there that you know, we're going into the quantum verse and there's an expectation that it, it's not going to be a grounded film. There's going to be a lot of weird stuff and a lot of visuals. And my expectation too, was that Kang was going to be awesome. And so that's kind of my, my threshold, my bar to get over, but uh, we shall see. Yeah. Well, like I, like I said a long time ago, like I, I really like Jonathan majors. Like I, I was quite taken by him in Lovecraft County. So, um, yeah, I'm happy that we'll be seeing him in lots of stuff and I will certainly pay my ticket to see him perform in Creed three. So, yeah, <laughs> won't we all like that's, it's funny. And of all the Jonathan majors, uh, appearances this year, I think the most excited I am is for, is for Creed three. Um, because he'll be back in Loki season two as well. He's going to have a hell of a year to be honest with you. Yeah, and I think he has like something else coming out too, um, mm -hmm. in between there as well. So, well, Carlos, man, I've made you wait long enough. Just a few minutes into the podcast here, but I, I there's there's no one more appropriate, I don't think, than the goddamn Batman to kind of introduce our next subject here. So, this, this is a trailer that dropped last night, and uh, much to I, I wouldn't even say much to my surprise, it's probably one of the best trailers I have ever seen for a comic book movie, ever. So take it away, my friend. Tell me something. You can go anywhere. Another timeline. Another universe. So why do you want to stay and fight to save this one? Because this is the world where my mom lives. I'm not gonna lose her again. Time has a pattern that it can't help reliving. Different people, different worlds, drawn to each other like magnets. My face. So my face. If you were to go into the past, you have no idea what the consequences can be. Bruce, I could fix things. You could also destroy everything. This can't be happening. I completely broke the universe. Sorry. We've been waiting for you. I created a world with no metahumans. And now there's no one to defend us. Want some help?
them do what I did. If I can't get back, there might not be a future. What's the play? Batman, what do we do? We try not to die. not Clark. My name is Kara. I, I'm well, Barry. Barry. Barry, what are you doing? Our kids are going to want to see this. Yeah, man. Like, what is what is there to say? And we didn't just get one trailer. Like, WB didn't mm. skimp. And... We heard going into this thing that the studio was super confident with it and that, you know, when the internet was kind of going wobbly as to whether or not they were going to receive this thing, they're like, no, we're putting it out no matter what, because people will love it. And uh, James Gunn came out and when he's announcing his slate, he's like, oh, yeah, and we have this Flash movie coming out. That's one of the best comic book movies I have ever seen. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we get not just a trailer, but there's also a TV spot. And mm -hmm. it made me a believer in all that rhetoric where I, I had, I had expectations and more so like I've, like I've said on the show repeatedly, I really, really like Andy Muschietti and where their mindset seems to be with him and Barbara working on this movie. And uh, I really like Christina Hodson is a writer. So I was pretty confident in that realm, but um, yeah, I was, I was definitely in show me mode with everybody else, but um, I, I was a bit skeptical about the comments about the studio. And when James Gunn was talking, I was like, ah, you just pump it up the tires of your new thing. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, man, like these trailers absolutely blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. And they give away enough but they keep you salivating and you're fascinated to see how everything fits together. I really feel like we haven't seen a ton of what the third act is or even a, a ton mm. of what the movie's all about, um, which is awesome. Like it was quite the depart. I was a little worried. Like after the fast X trailer, it was like, holy smokes, that's the entire movie. Beat, I know. Beat for beat. <laughs> <laughs> So that's my whole my whole thing on that movie. I was like, oh my God, they just released the entire movie on the internet in three minutes. Yeah. And so I was like, uh, with just knowing what WB has riding on the flash, I was like, oh, are they going to do the same thing to make sure that no stone is left unturned? And I was like, ah, that'd be ironic considering the trailer for Batman 89 showed you the, the entire movie back in the day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, like I, uh, we, we were driving to a Super Bowl party and uh, Gun's tweet came up on my phone, so I mentioned it to my wife, and uh, she just curbed the car, and we watched <laughs> it on the phone because we knew it was going to be like hours before we got to see it um, in in any kind of decent format. And like th this thing just like hooked me, like as it starts going, and we have that voiceover from Keaton that we've heard before, which was awesome. But then we get like the Affleck kicking in, and just the. Ezra's delivery of a few of the lines is Barry to kind of set the table for what the movie's all about and what his motivations are as far as why he's traversing uh, time and space and the multiverse. And I was just like, Oh my God, they, they did it. They nailed it. And like, man, I was like starting to get choked up with just like Barry talking to Bruce Wayne, like Affleck, Bruce Wayne, and like, as we get like Keaton coming in and he's got this swagger that we've never seen before. And he's just, he's a little bit more aloof in, in costume, a little more fun. And, uh, oh man, like I was, I was just like a little kid again. It was just incredible, just incredible. And then like, they take it a step further with this just awesome Supergirl showing up and yes. she's got like such a presence and such a cool look to her and I love the vibe of the dual berries and like I think this movie is going to be something like spectacularly special and I get mm -hmm. home and I see the 
trailer and proper on a big screen and then i get tuned into this tv spot that shows us a little bit more even and yeah i've i probably spent an hour watching this four minutes worth of footage <laughs> and it's like like you said like truly unreal unbelievable because walking into this i was kind of in the same place as you you know james gunn was pumping the tires on this thing and i'm thinking you know i trust gunn's opinion but it's a lot riding on this to pay for his entire slate that he just announced two weeks ago. Yeah. That Flash has got to turn a bit of a profit because he's got to fill those coffers because he just announced 10 different properties that he's got to pump up over the next 10 years or so or five years, whatever it's going to be. And so, okay, sure. He's, he's promoting the brand all good. But then this trailer drops and we had some friends over. We weren't doing the Super Bowl thing or anything like that. And like I snuck off into a corner and watched this thing. And I was just like, what did I just watch? Like it, it just, it felt so much bigger and the spectacle of it all. But I don't know if it's because we spent so much time talking about these characters or seeing Ben Affleck and then Keaton and all this. I just felt so immersed in that universe, even though it has come with such turbulence in the past. I felt almost sorry. And I was like mourning what could have been. And we'll get into that later with this whole universe and potentially what this movie could have been if it came out a year ago mm -hmm. but i honestly i'm gonna throw this out there being a big mcu fanboy very very open and transparent about that the feelings i got from watching like infinity war and endgame trailers this felt on par with that like it just it just felt so like every time every scene you're like what it's ha like it just it felt so grand, but also that it was telling such a unique story. And we've got a lot of multiverse stuff that's happened and it's going to happen. But this felt like it was just doing its own thing and running with it and not apologizing for, for anything like it on like just like you said, unbelievable. So good. Yeah. And and it was and it wasn't just that Michael Keaton Batman showed up no. in the movie. It was just like the movie itself feels like it's a special story that they're telling. Like mm -hmm. none of us walking into the Flash movie and with him traversing the multiverse there. I And I followed this stuff pretty close. Like there is nobody that was like, well, his motivation is to try and preserve the one world where his mom actually mm -hmm. lives. I was like, that's amazing. Like. The, the, what a perfect, perfect, perfect thing uh, to have compelling Barry Ford, right? And then the ramifications of that and um, him being a bit naive. And yeah, it, it was just, like you said, it it feels like something big and grand and that you have to experience mm -hmm. uh, in the theaters, like the Infinity War and like the Endgame trailers made you feel. And um, like, like there's been nothing but, effusive praise for these things online and it seems to have really captured an audience that we never hear from who are talking mm -hmm. about this thing and like i i think we all kind of be in like the goldfish in the in the bowl swimming around the castle <laughs> that you think is the biggest thing in the world um whereas <laughs> it's actually it's a zoom out 500 feet and it's it's tiny it's just a speck i i think we all really misinterpreted what this movie was going to do and how it was going to inspire people. And yeah, I, I'm almost glad it didn't come out last year. Cause I kind of mm -hmm. like, I think it would have done some cool things for the, the vision that Hamada had going forward. But I think under gun stewardship um, with him and Saffron, like long-term it's in the best interest of, DC and Warner Brothers that this movie comes out now, but I, I love that they get to walk in and had this ready and waiting and good to go yeah. type of thing. Yeah, and let's pull on that thread a little bit before we get into some of the details of the trailer, because this is one of the first things that popped in my mind, you know, other than just being in awe of the trailer, the first thing I thought of was like, what what would have happened if, let's assume that this this movie has been has been locked since it was meant to come out in the middle of last year, end of last year, whenever it was. Let's say this movie does come out and it gets this reaction from us, assuming that the react the trailer reaction is going to continue into the into the film. That that same experience where I come out the other side being like, whoa, like this is this is next level. What if that comes out in 2022 
and has that effect on that universe. Do we get James Gunn and Peter Safran coming in and effectively rebooting or it's not a full reboot, but like soft rebooting the DCU and coming out with this, this huge plan. Like if that's successful, if Aquaman bleeds out of that and is successful, does Armada stick around? Does Batgirl come out? You know what I mean? Like a lot of these things that kind of cascaded out of, of the DC film universe is happening in the absence of a whole bunch of films that were supposed to come out during that tenure. Mm -hmm. So like in your opinion, if flash comes out and it does amazing and it's like this, like it's hailed as, you know, the, the quote unquote equivalent to like no way home for, for the MCU, or it's, it's put on a pedestal the same way that like infinity war and Endgame are Mm -hmm. like, does, does it, does the plan change? You know what? It's ironic that we're talking about a timeline movie, a movie screwing timelines, and we're arguably living in an alternate timeline where, you know, the Flash comes out a year later, and it comes out in the midst of a massive announced reboot with two different people at the helm of of DCU. Yeah, no, I I totally get where you're you're coming from now, and yeah, I, I do think it changes everything. I, mm. I think that it probably has the Wonder Woman effect for where you you're coming off. Um, a, a pretty shaky position in the public perception and in the zeitgeist. And you have this movie that hits and captures everybody and instills some confidence in the brand. And then, yeah, I, I think you get to carry that forward a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think that we get gun and saffron and I don't, I don't think, think so I, I don't think it's the mess that Zaslav walks into where he's, feels he has to do something. I think he's probably thinking at that point in time, ah, it's just small tweaks and we'll, we'll see where things go. But um, that didn't happen. And I think, like I said, just a moment ago, like I think long-term, this is kind of the Mm -hmm. better play. It just seems more sound. Um, Yeah. Like the, the comments on Batgirl, like from our source, was that it was and even then saffron kind of said something similar right where he's like this would have been bad right so you have your flash that hits and let's assume aquaman is amazing and hits but then you have a couple things that don't quite yeah that don't make the mark and it it could have delayed the inevitable like we might have been fast-tracked by the delay of all this stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah there, there is a universe somewhere that barry's traveled to where the flash came out in 2022 and the harmada portion of the universe continues for a couple more years maybe you get like a true sequel to black adam and you get cavill back you know what i mean there's a lot of things that i think could have possibly fell out of that and it's it's interesting and i don't want to spend any more time looking backwards because it's you know it's it becomes a what if scenario but it was kind of one of the things that rocked at the top of my mind is is that you have major success with with at least this movie and it gets people thinking a different way well do we actually need to do this like it feels like everything that had happened outside of like the Batman. It's funny enough because like the two best things that came out last year came out of DC, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like TV show and and film. And you know they might they might be in that mix again this year with this movie. Looking at this trailer, that uh, as far as like the best or favorite comic book movie, if I can call it that. But that was kind of one thing that did strike me yesterday. Is like shoot, like well, what would have happened? And so I've been reflecting a little bit. But but let's go back to one of your points there about about Keaton. And Ezra Miller and that Keaton, you know, although being in there and I was pumped for it, the thing that sold me on this movie was Ezra Miller's Barry Allen slash flash. Like he is the guy I want to go see everything else. Affleck and Keaton, all that is, is cherry on top, but I am thoroughly interested in the dual Barry. And I know there's been a lot of, you know, like Ezra Miller has caused a lot of problems and, and, they have publicly apologized and they're going through um, kind of programs to, to, to help them progress and move on. But he, he is a big selling point for me right now in his portrayal of the different berries and the interaction that they have with each other and the interaction they have with both Supergirl and Batman. And it, like, there's a lot going on, but that's the anchor for me in all of this. Yeah, I loved it. Like he like Barry had some gravitas in this trailer mm-hmm. and you know, Ezra proved why they are a desired commodity by creatives out there. And 
yeah, like, you know, they did some terrible things in the real world, but mm -hmm. we've spent the last few years acknowledging that mental health issues are a very real and significant issue for people. And they've come out and said, like, look, I'm suffering from mental health issues. And look at the behaviors. The behaviors are not normal. Like, mm -hmm. people don't go out and do the things that they did and say the things that they said. So if they're not normal behaviors, then they are being motivated by mental health issues or uh, substance issues, which is also a health problem. And so if we are a society that cares for people and believes in redemption, then we should be doing nothing but applauding them taking responsibility for what happened mm -hmm. and moving forward to recovery. And if you're not doing that, then yeah, that's the shame on you. And we don't need to have a conversation because <laughs> those yeah. are your issues. They're not Ezra Miller's and they're not mine. So get out of here with that. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> no. And if there's a man that loves a redemption story, it's James Gunn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, a guy that has praised Ezra Miller in this role and has been a bit aloof with whether or not Ezra Miller is going to continue on inside of the DCU. If anyone, if one character can transition outside of the likes of John Cena and a few others, uh, Amanda Waller, of course, Viola Davis, it's, it's probably Barry Allen or Ezra Miller's Barry Allen and, and the flash because, you know, he's shown that he can, he can walk through timelines here. And so it's, it's very plausible that, that he does potentially stick around, but it's, it's cool. I, I'm digging this and, you know, there's little hints. We had those glimmers before of kind of that 89 suit with the red spray paint on it. And it looks like maybe the, the, the alternate Barry pops that on at one point. And it, it's this, this whole story really started to develop as being like immensely intriguing. And, and like most multiverse stories that we've seen told in the last little bit, they're very personal and very selfish stories about manipulating time to serve a, a purpose for themselves. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I find that immensely intriguing where they're going to take that all, but he runs directly into presumably the Batman 89 universe, DC 89, whatever you want to call it, world earth 89. Uh, that that's kind of, that's what it is, right? We are assuming that the Michael Keaton that we are seeing in this is the same Michael Keaton that we saw in Batman 89, just the much older version, the 30 year later version, correct? Yeah, but from everything that I've, like in the Flashpoint story that this is heavily based on, Barry travels to a world where Thomas Wayne is actually Batman because mm. Bruce dies but I don't think they're taking it that far. And they kind of talked about the world that he's gone to being a world without metahumans, which yes. might um, be the reason that his mom is still alive. So I, I think mm -hmm. that it is just Earth 89, which is what the Berlanti coined it when they did their crisis uh, Sega. And I think it's just perfect to call it Earth yeah. 89. So why not? But um, yeah, like... It, it looks like he's been operating for a while. Like in the TV spot, you get that scene where he opens the armory and you see all the different bat oh, suits. So good, man. You must have just been like, because I missed that scene and I saw a few pictures of it online. I'm like, and I went back scrubbing through the trailer. It's like, where is this from? Like, is this real? Or is this like, this one make this? And then you sent me the TV spot that had that. Like, like that's a wild scene. Well, and there's just so many cool things. Like this whole movie, like there's, it just seems to be such a, a labor of love for everybody involved in it right so which is why i kind of get my nose bent out of shape with people being like i'm not seeing this because virtue signaling <laughs> and it's here. like yeah it's like <laughs> if you have a problem with the one person who is suffering from mental health issues it, that's on you but like there's hundreds of other people that were involved in this but like yeah the suit on the far left in the foreground it really channels like the first appearance Batman look. If you look at the years, they're kind of splayed okay. out to the side a little bit. And then he's got like dual holsters. And there was um, like at first I was like, ah, does he have guns? Which I was like, I guess like first appearance Batman actually had guns. But the costume designer said, no, they're not guns. He's, he said specifically one is a grappling hook and one is a spear gun like the, the mm. that he had in Batman 89. Um, so that's what those are, but they're like old. So they're not as streamlined as we saw in that first movie type of thing. And then the logo, if you look closely, it's actually Adam West logo. 
Oh, really? Yeah, on the chest of that one. So that's the one on like the the leftmost side of the of the frame, and then like in behind the bat suit on the left side of it is the eighty nine bat suit, and it actually still has like the, the like the battle damage from when he crashed the bat wing in oh, at sweet. the end of the movie. Yeah, and then the return suit is on the other side of that one, and then it, there's a blue and gray one too, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there's the. Uh, yeah, the Skywinch Batman action figure suit in there. And it and it is the action figure that they, they're just like, yeah, this was the coolest one that they made. So <laughs> let's put that in there. There's and so the suit on the right of the Batman suit, I'd argue that if the blue one is the Skywinch Batman figure, the one on the left side of the return suit, it's totally the stupid scuba suit. But they didn't make oh, it. Oh no way! Yeah, like it, it could just be me, like reading into it. But there's that one, and then they oh, had man. like the last one had like the cool goggles on top of it, and like a bit of a hood and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what that one was supposed to be, but it's just cool. Like Batman with the goggles for traversing the sand is just a sweet look all the time. So, man, uh, and when and to have Keaton back, like something special, like '89. For me, first Batman I experienced, I, I guess Adam West is the first Batman I experienced, but when you move into kind of the more mature realm of things, you know, watching with my dad, I got the I got a V8 the VHS my dad and I watched. And like if anyone's gonna get my dad to go see a superhero movie, it's gonna be Michael Keaton's Batman. Mm-hmm. Like he has no interest in the MCU or anything like that. But one like I told him, like, you know, Keaton's back. And he's like, Wait, what? Like <laughs> and then you see him walk into this and he he utters the line that you say every single week, which I told you is going to have new meaning this week, the I am Batman. And then he just, the, the fight scenes look great. It looks a bit more CGI and he is, he's definitely like amped up from the 89 version. Yeah. But I'm digging it. I'm like, okay, this is a, a way more mature Batman. He's had the years of experience. The technology is advanced. Give it all to me. Yeah. Like I, I love that he's, you know, that that's always the knock on the, old Michael Keaton Batman is that like they're the suits so stiff that they couldn't do much in them kind of thing. Right. So um, that just blew my mind. Like I love when he comes into the frame and he's just, he's kind of, he's kind of cocky and he drops that line on you and it's just like, Oh yeah. And then like the next time you see him, he just goes to town like Arkham city style, like swooping down on these guys and picking the one guy up and that music is kicking. And on oh, like the little dings of piano to the the 89 music too that they used to, to over top of that yeah. like that that's the kind of stuff when you when you're scoring a trailer and you're looking for like those musical and audible cues like that one was like gee, like i'm gonna draw up the trailer inside of this podcast and you guys will have heard it already but like those musical cues are so important for like nostalgia things or like little here we go and i just love how they work that in there yeah it, it was just cool and it was like that's the like we never get to see that Batman whipping around all over the place and kicking ass. And it was sweet. And it looks like we, that's not the only time that we get that either. Cause there's like mm-hmm. the, the kind of prison break fight and, you know, Supergirl comes in and takes care of business, but there's Bruce throwing punches and doing his thing, which is actually something we didn't really get to see all that much back in the day. No. And that, that's another piece that kind of really pulled me into this is we've got two Batman. We've got Michael Keaton's, of course, and Ben Affleck's. But with Keaton, he could have very well been in this movie. He could have been a Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness Illuminati style of cameo, mm-hmm. where it is like three or four minutes. You get to see him maybe do one fight and point Barry in a direction, and that's it. And it looks like he is... Uh, like at at a minimum supporting cast inside of this where he is with Barry for a good chunk of this movie, which, which surprises me to see like that there's that much footage and we, that may have been reported, but I had to see it to believe it. Oh yeah. Like I think he's in like at least 60% of the movie. Yeah. I would say so based on this trailer. Yeah. Guiding like the different scenes we see him in and all that, like it's crazy. And then, uh, and then the other Batman, I thought, Ben Affleck's Batman. I do remember us. There was some like art that was released with a couple, like two Batmans in a single scene, all this, but I just assumed Affleck's Batman was maybe in the end credit scene. Maybe not. Like, it seems like they're going to have this shot with three different Batman, this end credit scene that's been talked about for the last three years, but having 
Bruce, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne and Batman show up in various different points throughout the movie too. Also surprised and highly intrigued me about how they're working him into the story as well. Well, yeah, like he, he was cool as Bruce. Like I love the kind of mentor Tony Stark, Mm. Peter Parker thing that they got going with the two of them. Yeah. And um, like, like that was cool. I just, I, I like that, that confident and um, fatherly type of Bruce that they kind of got to ish with justice league and Affleck. But um, I I just like him being like this aspirational heroic type of figure Mm -hmm. in these movies, which he seemed to be with Barry approaching him. And then you get to see him in action and like, they got Affleck rocking the blue and grays. And in that scene where he's getting pulled by, I don't know, Barry, maybe even, I don't know, but uh, like that just looks so dope. And like him whipping around in that quasi Sean Murphy bat cycle. And they didn't have to do that stuff, but they did. And it's glorious. And I just did not have to do that. Like in this movie, you can, you can escape and get around this stuff. But the fact they're making a point to include this and include this in a significant way, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. like that Batman shows up at two or three different times. What looks like two or three different pieces of the film, right? As Bruce, maybe two different times as Batman. And that's the stuff they're showing us in this trailer. Yeah, and it's cool. It's cool. And it's just like, this is a bit of proof of concept for what they'll be doing with their in-universe DCU Brave and the Bold Batman. And then mm-hmm. Matt Reeves' Pattinson Batman, where Pattinson Batman wouldn't be doing those kind of things, but he's doing other cooler stuff that these... Yeah big bright comic booky batman it'd be hard for the audience to change gears off of right to see him in this slow burn noir detective story type of thing so i think it's amazing like going forward that we have our big grand super heroic batman to look forward to and we also have our noir realistic elseworlds mm-hmm. batman so yeah it's cool yeah man they they are paving the way for so many hot toys McFarlane's for you to purchase your man. It's it, oh it, man, it's like, quite incredible. <laughs> the McFarlane's is going to be ridiculous, and it's just like I, I had the thought this morning. I'm like, they're going to make all the suits in that bloody armory, aren't they? So, if anyone's going to do it, it's Uncle Todd. Like, if anyone's created like Hasbro, ah, maybe we'll do one. You know, uh, you know who's making them all? Freaking Uncle <laughs> Uncle Todd. Yeah, that guy's a madman. <laughs> yeah, he is crazy. Now, the other part of this trailer that is again i use the word you know consistently through here immensely intriguing is this whole kind of supergirl piece where we knew supergirl was in this we knew she was going to have a role of some kind and that it was likely on the the earth 89 but the inclusion of michael shannon's zod in this and that being what is like another piece of this, well, almost maybe the, the true antagonist or an antagonist, like in this world, absent of metahumans and Zod shows up. So like kind of in a very similar fashion to the way he showed up in man of steel. So kind of linking all that together on a different universe and, and Sasha Calais Supergirl is in the role of Superman um, in this universe. But like when I saw him walk in, I was like, Whoa, what is this? Like, that's a whole nother story they're telling inside of this flash movie that I don't think I ever heard anything about Zod returning and let alone Michael Shannon Zod, who I thought was unbelievable at man of steel. Yeah. Like I, when I heard that he was going to be in it, like him and Feora, I just assumed that my assumption was, was that all these guys are functioning and that we'd Mm -hmm. get a scene of Kai Supergirl fighting Shannon Zod and Feora and either as a flashback or something that Barry walks into and it's kind of 90 seconds something cool and then it's over but it seems like this is like a major part of the movie and Mm -hmm. and especially like I it kind of feels like they're going to play up the whole there's no metahumans in this reality so if Barry showing up is what then draws Zod out or Zod to that world. And then uh, Keaton's Batman is aware of Kai Supergirl being interned by the American government, kind of like Superman was in the flashpoint books. Like that's, that's pretty sweet. And she's got like such a, such a cool presence and energy to her. And 
like I love her look. So I'm like instantly excited about the prospect of her going forward. And if this is the only time we get her, like so be it. But if um she's who they cast for our woman of tomorrow, um movie that gun mentioned is coming out, like I I wouldn't be crying about it. Like <laughs> I think it'd be pretty amazing. Well, if Gunn loves this movie as much, actually as much as he's saying, and like he's done previously, like he's he said, they're going to pick and choose what they want to pull over. And given that this movie is, in fact, a, a multiverse story, you know, this doesn't bound him to anything like he can do what they can do, whatever they want. And so if she's going to continue, like that's super cool. Like I I just like in seeing her like because we talked about a couple of weeks ago, this idea of of Supergirl and her having a very different experience than Superman when it comes to the upbringing and all that, like her having this like almost jaded experience really jumps out at you there. Like her being imprisoned and then coming out and Batman kind of knowing about this, it seems. And like uh, this whole other chunk of this story that's being told, like it is very much a flash centric story, but they seem to, at least from this trailer, the perception I'm getting to successfully meld a a like a, a Supergirl Zod story, a Batman story, as well as a Flash story, all in one here. Like it, it just it already feels like it's firing on all the right cylinders to do an ensemble and multiple storylines all interweaving to kind of create this like this single narrative. Like it just that's the thing that's really striking me about this. It's it feels big. There's a lot going on, but it feels coherent from this trailer. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel overstuffed at all. And everything you can kind of see the threads and the reasons and um, the place of all these aspects of the story. And that's cool that you say that you can see that. Cause it's like, certainly for me, like I'm contaminated by having read some of the comics that this stuff mm. is based on. Right. So it's like, I know what they're getting at, but if you can come away from the trailer with the same sentiment that I have, where it's just like, no, it all fits. And you can kind of mm -hmm. see why, like if Zod wasn't there or if Supergirl wasn't there, you'd have to have something else in its place. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, like it also very, very much feels like a Barry Allen flash story. Like mm -hmm. you could, you could change everything out. Like you could have freaking peacemaker and vigilante showing up in the place of Batman and have, black adam instead of supergirl and your story would kind of still be the same yeah um because it's driven by barry and his motivation so yeah that's cool man like i i, I love that that's where we've ended up with this whole thing flash for me even though i took it in our box office fantasy draft which yes like that's yeah. a big win for me <laughs> but even though like i was anticipating it but it was nowhere near in my top five when we we talked about our most anticipated for this year i don't think maybe did i include it i can't remember but if i did it was not like it's definitely ratcheted up mm -hmm. and it like this 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 is dangerously close to being now my most anticipated movie of the year um uh, like shoulder shoulder with like a franchise that i hold near and dear in guardians of the galaxy like that's how much this trailer changed my perception of what this film is and how it's going to deliver yeah like it um it, it it just it was a special special trailer and it's not one of those where it feels like it was just cut well and mm -hmm. with some whiz bang movie music and some um massaging of the imagery it just feels like they've got something special and just this is our first taste of it 100% and it makes you question you know when you see a trailer like this and and all the things in it and with a presumably James Gunn having a little bit of oversight on this trailer at this stage in his tenure as co-CEO you know he's been he's been good in the past about keeping some things to experience in the theater and so I have the utmost confidence in this trailer that we didn't get a fast x or fast 10 whatever you want to call it trailer where I watched the fast 10 trailer and I was like well, they spoiled all the cameos, all the set pieces, and the entire story <laughs> is in that trailer. I'm like, you didn't have to do this fast 10. Like, and so there, there's there's definitely something to be said about a trailer that can be cut, that can bring this level of excitement and engagement, but also make you want to go see the story as opposed to being like, eh, I kind of know what's going to happen, right? You don't want to be sitting in this Flash movie being like, 
I know exactly what's going to happen to Keaton or I know exactly what's going to happen to, you know, Flash or, or Supergirl. Like you're going into this knowing they're in there, but you still don't have a true idea or like a, a, a real focused concept of what this movie is. I think we got the pieces we need to get us into the theater mm-hmm. and get us excited, but I'm just so wildly intrigued by, by what this is going to be. And I'm pumped, man. Like, come on. Like, I did not think I'd be this excited for this film. Well, and just some of the interesting things, like even Muschietti's, like just his, his filmmaking, like his camera work, like there is a Mm -hmm. ton of CG and animated superhero type imagery that happens, but the way that he presents it, like where he's actually moving the camera and it's not, kind of on a flat 2d plane in like their volume or whatever where it's like yeah we're using that technology but you also get the sense that he's got a camera that he's zooming around all over the place like probably the best example of that is the the scene where keaton deploys supergirl for the first time and she's still in like the prison thing yeah, uh, he gives her that with the hand yeah the hand sign and she comes down but just as the camera kind of frames up Barry getting his butt kicked and uh, up Keaton's torso to the hand. And then that from the hand, it zooms back to Supergirl. Like that that's a bit artistry, cool all stuff. that kind of stuff. Right. So we'll maybe see some of that in guardians too. Cause I guess the director of photography yeah. was the same guy for both movies. So yeah, which is pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about it? That's cool. I did see James Gunn tweet that as a fun fact today that they were uh same guy. So yeah, man, like, yeah. You cannot go wrong with this trailer. Like to me, stuck the landing did exactly what it needed to do, and I'm here for all freaking day. But what this also bleeds into is a lot of conjecture that happened online. You know, we've got two Batman inside of of this this film here. We've got another Batman that had an unbelievable showing last year, and now we have confirmation from James Gunn that we will have yet another Batman that will be cast into this Brave and the Bold movie in the new DCU. This coming after a scooper who will remain unnamed, or if we want to name her, that's fine. But she talked about an existing Batman filling in the role in the new DCU. And by process of elimination, George Clooney was going to be (laughs) the DCU Batman at one point over the weekend, guys. Uh, James Gunn has subsequently come out and said, that is BS, and we will, of course, be recasting the role of, of Batman, who might be referenced in some fashion at the end of this Flash movie, too, um, because I truly do think this is going to be that pivot point inside of the, the DC multiverse that potentially points us in the direction of James Gunn's DCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and then that's a good point. Like, I don't know that they'll have the guy cast by then, but if they could do something to just kind of tease it, right? Like, or the a, 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 a symbol, like just zoom in on the chest or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they've gotten that far and you don't want to overcommit to something that's still a few years out. But yeah, the Batcave with a dinosaur in it or something, right? Something yes. That we haven't seen any of the other Batman have. But yeah, that was a bit silly over the weekend. It was just like... Uh, <laughs> like Christian Bale at one point was, was coming back. Yeah, and it's just like, come on. Like, we know for a fact just... Just the way he operates as an actor, committing to a shared universe on the long term in a in a role that you're going to have to put up like loads and loads of appearances in. That's just not the way he rolls. And he said that nauseum, like he's not doing Batman without Christopher Nolan and Christopher Nolan doesn't mm-hmm. want anything to do with this, um, this approach to these types of films. And he's also... 50 like right away yeah. like he's knocking on 50 so he's a good looking 50 yeah. in shape 50 but he's 50 yeah and 10 years from now he'll be 60 <laughs> yeah you're not gonna have 25 years between your world's finest characters so yeah yeah and then like george clooney like uh, i'd love to have him pop up in the flash but just as a fun cameo at mm-hmm. some point in time I dig that. Yeah, 100%. it's something throwaway and a, a bit of a wink. But yeah, he's not going to be. But like, yeah, the scooper thing is. And I know Gunn has had a bit of a war with her in the past. And mm-hmm. um, he had some quote about like the sun will rise and she'll spout bullshit kind of thing. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, that's just nonsense too. And I, I honestly wish people would just stop, stop giving folks like that airtime because that's why they do it, mm-hmm. right? So, hundred percent. And like, I tweeted this out after that whole me- melee and James. Like, unless it's coming from James Gunn or Peter Safran or a source that is acknowledged to be connected to those two by either of those two, it's probably bullshit. Like they've yeah. been and James Gunn has been, you know, like you said, he putting together two of the biggest movies or didn't put together, but he's promoting two of the biggest movies of the year, putting together a universe, but he still has time to go and say like, guys, relax. We're not, we're not going down this rabbit hole where the internet's going to, like you said, the the goldfish bowl is going to explode for three months about George Clooney coming back or Christian Bale. Just puts a stop to it right then and there. Nope. We're recasting. Boom. Done. Conversation's over. So that's kind of the world I live in. Like I don't even, anything that comes out, in that space, I don't even comment until James Gunn has provided clarity. Well, and it's a whole new ball game, which is evidenced by the fact that none of that slate got leaked. None of it. Yes. Like none. Zero. And even yeah. after, because there was kind of that 24 hour window in which um, members of the media had um, been made privy to what they were doing, right? And got to see the presentation before the rest of us. But that stuff didn't get leaked. And in the weeks preceding, there was nothing. There was Mm-mm. almost zero accuracy with the things yeah. being put forward. Yeah, it brings, it brings a whole new meaning to control the narrative. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a vastly different DC than the one that we've yeah. experienced in years gone by. When you and your co-CEO are the sole sources of information, it's very easy to control what goes in and what comes out. It might not be easy to control what gets put online, yeah. but it definitely what's true and what is fact comes from one place. So it's uh, it's, it's it's a very interesting space that we live in. And man, DC again, they they've they've had this run right, and we we've seen this this DC film universe evolved so much in the last couple of years, you know, through the pandemic, you know, Zack Snow's Justice League was, was a great film and we've had definitely some hits and misses, but we are on firm ground with the DCU, but we get these little treats on the way there that kind of hold us over into what is going to come next by the time we get to 25 and all this. And it, it just brings this continued elevated excitement for, for what DC is doing. And they spend a lot of years in the shadow of the MCU, but man, they are rubbing shoulders right now with uh, with a much bigger and more established universe. But they've, you know, they they've sprinted, if I can steal a term from from Barry Allen himself, straight up to uh, to rubbing shoulders with Guardians this year and and really putting on a spectacle that that could be seen through kind of the same lens as Infinity War and Endgame and all that. And like, and this is just me throwing. Uh, you call it a hot take or whatever, but that's the feeling. That's my gut feeling coming out of that trailer. Well, and it's just, it's one of those, like the, the test for myself is like, I, I find myself infinitely more interested in Aquaman now. Yes. Huh? Well, yes. Agreed. Where I was just like, yeah, okay. Like I, I really liked the first one and I had fun with it and I was going to see it, but now I'm like, Oh my God. Like what does this movie look like on the other side of the flash? And like, mm-hmm. how has he changed things? And what, um, what is Arthur's reality going to be, uh, now that Barry's kind of done his thing and whatever happens to conclude that movie happens to conclude that movie. Right. And with gun saying that, like Flash is the end and the beginning of, what came before and what's to come and yeah blue beetle was always going to be on an island so that one that one was cool like looking forward to that one but it just yeah there's something to be said for having the connected projects and using them to prop up the next thing yeah and there definitely is a sequential storytelling and chapters if you will of of films or of a universe it's it's so intriguing and so it's one of the big things that always drew me into the mcu and i'm glad to see that the dcu is taking that approach but also giving themselves in the elseworlds uh, the ability to to do other things like the batman and like joker 2 and, and everything that's going on so man we're living in an exciting universe you know this is, i'm glad we're in this timeline with uh with the flash coming out this year and <laughs> we get kind of we kind of get everything you know we get the flash and we get this universe and but we're also getting the new one. So it's, uh, it's, I'm, we're going to stay in this time. This timeline may or may not, by the time this episode comes out, we may be in the midst of a true 
alien invasion, Zod might be coming based off of the occurrences of that's happening in Canada and the US. Over the yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and they really knows? They went next level with this flash marketing. Yes, they did. <laughs> this is true viral marketing. We're actually inviting the aliens to come down to uh, to, to to market all this because uh, there's a point there where I felt like we we're at the start of Independence Day a couple of days ago. Where I was like, eh, is, is there are they are they using our satellites to uh, against us? <laughs> is there an embedded <laughs> code somewhere? I don't know, but uh, yeah, no. This the DCU's and the DC in general is looking fantastic, man. And I'm just I'm just so excited about about the Flash. So when's the Flash come out? June? Is it yeah, June? June sixteenth. June 16th. So Four months. There it is, guys, man. The Flash is upon us. It is in my box office uh, fantasy team. So um, Zeddy was... I I was considering trading The Flash to Zeddy. Like, he's been pushing me in the DMs a little bit because he wants to get a comic book movie on his slate. And I was thinking, The Flash... I was like, okay, a billion-dollar thing in, in Aquaman or precedence there. So The Flash is probably the one to go. But pff, that's not going anywhere now. Well, uh, here here's my bull prediction that the flash will outperform your number two pick your number four pick will bring in more than your number two pick yeah and that's and that's the marvels and like speaking about the other trailers just quickly here the marvels was rumored to be coming out a, a secret invasion trailer that never came little mermaid trailer that never came but as an mcu fan i'm glad they held back secret invasion in particular and the marvels because I don't know if they, if James Gunn was like, "Hey, Feige, you better not release anything <laughs> because it's gonna get stepped on by the Flash here." Because, it, like, if the Marvels came out, it would have Jeff, it would have been a blip, and the Flash just would have stepped. Like, no matter what was in that movie, this Flash trailer would would have eclipsed it, and and they just wasted millions of dollars trying to promote a movie that they can do later on. Like, it's fine. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, but, uh, unless they recreated that scene of uh, Spider-Man riding on Carol Danvers' back. Like, that's the only thing that could have got yeah, it that heat it that this Flash trailer got. Yeah, <laughs> agreed, agreed. Well, it is, man. I, I, I want to end this podcast by just kind of gauging you a little bit, a little bit more here. You're, you're going to be in a world, Carlos, where by the end of June, in a year span, years-ish span, just over a year, we'll have had three different Batman potentially four <laughs> different Batman make appearances or referenced inside of, of the film universe. Now, when you're sitting back watching Batman 89 back in the day, is it, is this a day that you ever thought would be here as, as a, as an OG DC fan, comic book reader, uh, diehard for, for Batman and someone that's followed this universe for decades the position that we are sitting around, this conversation that we just had, in your wildest kind of DC fantasy dreams, was that ever a reality that you expected to be sitting in? Oh, no. Not in a million years. <laughs> not in a million years. Like, even like things like Routh and Bale crossing over was out of the realm of possibility, mm-hmm. let alone Michael Keaton even coming back at all. Yeah. Right? Like, no, like, Back then, it was a huge thing if there was a kind of wink that the other characters existed, right? Like um, Val Kilmer dropping a, well, the circus is probably halfway to Metropolis by now. It's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. (laughs) And um, I remember there was an episode of um, Lois and Clark where Jonathan Frakes was some kind of weird collector bad guy. And they... uh, they're they're like oh and look at this car we're absolutely batty about it and it's kind of like this the black um <laughs> it taps like the black hood of the what would have been the 89 batmobile and yeah it was just little things like that were all, the most you could hope for so yeah that we're in a circumstance where michael keaton batman is bombing around with the flash and supergirl huh. yeah pure timeline is gravy (laughs) pure gravy oh well there it is guys that's kind of wraps up our summary of of mostly the flash trailer to be honest with you because it was uh it was there and it happened and i'm i'm so pleased with it and so we're gonna wrap it up they're gonna put a pin in this podcast for this week you know we may eventually touch on fast x or whatever but just go watch the trailer and we could probably give a full film review right now of uh, (laughs) of that movie but uh, but speaking about film reviews, next week I- I'll be here for a Quantum Mania review. 
Um, I'm not sure if my co-host will be, but someone will be potentially joining me, or maybe it's just me. Who knows? But we'll be talking Quantum Mania, and then of course we'll be getting back at it with uh, more news episodes. You know, last week, if if you do want to go back into the podcast feed, we had our myself and Ian to Toy Stream Live, and we're joined at the end of it by the Gathering of the Geeks, Chris and Emmett, to talk some ET. So something a little divergent, a little different there for you guys to consume inside of the feed. So go back and check that out. And then, yeah, next week we got a, a movie review and then we'll be come back with something different uh, in uh, the week after that. So kind of congratulations, Carlos, on 350 episodes of The Nerd Room. Uh, it's, it's been a, a labor of love, that's for sure. Yeah. And I, I've enjoyed in doing every single episode or almost every single episode, not all of them, but most of them. Yeah, well, yeah, you've done probably like 349 of them. So. Close, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've taken one or, one or two breaks. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm even on a third of those episodes, but uh, yeah, happy to be here. So. <laughs> yeah, every day, and we will be here every single Thursday, guys, in the podcast feed. You can uh, you can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net. If you want to be a bigger part of these conversations, you can, of course, email us at, at thenerdroom at gmail.com. Our Twitter handles are at the end of the episode. You can provide us providing uh, kind of daily or weekly commentary on things that are going around there. And DC stuff is all confirmed by James Gunn before we'll, we'll chat about it, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, YouTube, Toy Stream Live, the audio was in the podcast feed. There is a video version up on our YouTube channel where you can go check out us discussing all the toys and the pickups. And we actually show and unbox a few things there and, and talk about everything from back to the future to ET and kind of everything in between. So we had lots of fun with that one. So go back, check that out over at the nerd room podcast. Just search the nerd room on YouTube and you'll find us there. And Carlos, man, I am, uh, I, we gotta, we gotta send off here, but there's a very special moment here that I've been anticipating ever since I heard that line last night in the flash trailer. So with all of that being said for the nerd room, I'm Tim. Yeah, I'm Batman. And thank you guys so much for entering the Nerd Room. <laughs> this has been a Nerd Room podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim and Carlos on Twitter at the NerdRM and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out the NerdRoom.net and the Nerd Room YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room.